Welcome to the With Clarity and Purpose podcast with your host, Janet Borrego. Each week, I bring you an inspiring person or message to empower you to live life on your terms so you can be who you want to be, do what you are meant to do, and have the life you deserve to have. We will provide you with practical and cutting-edge approaches to continue getting clarity and direction on your path, mastering your mindset, and gaining confidence to tap into your inner wisdom so you can live on purpose. Cool. And it's recording. Cool. It's funny because during the interview last week, which actually lasted one hour, we didn't stop since we yeah. started. <laughs> and all the time I was like, I hope that thing is recording. Oh. <laughs> it's got enough battery, right? It's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I was charging it actually. That's good. why I didn't. That's why you didn't see the call. That makes sense. <laughs> I was okay. like, um, we I made know, this whole thing happen. And I'm like, you know, I don't know where I'm going actually. You're like, just come over to my home. I'm like, oh, I'll be there. And I was like, where is that home? I don't <laughs> That's how you know that you have to intervene or all right. like, we just make it happen. Then I was like, <laughs> and then I'm like about to get ready. I'm like, you know what? I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> I and it was like that. I usually am pretty with all those details and I just got so comfortable. I forgot. Yeah. That's so funny. Cool. Yay. Lovely, lovely, yes, lovely. Yes, of course. Well, so good to see you okay. again. Yes, I <laughs> know. Reunion after post Exxon days. I yeah. know. After four years, mm -hmm. everyone, Richard and I met like four or five years, six, yeah. maybe. No, I mean, I started in 2012. When, when was your first? 2013. 2013. And yeah. I feel like so it was it pretty was. soon. Yeah. It's been <laughs> like seven eight, or eight years. years. Eight yeah. Years. We were yeah. going through the thick of it in <laughs> refining and chemicals at ExxonMobil and really Crazy. figuring out why we didn't like it there. <laughs> Exactly. And now out of nowhere, we parted ways, yes. right? We were in the campus, we parted ways mm -hmm. and now I'm full-time coaching. Yep. Now I'm part-time music production and audio engineering as well as band. And then also still, still working a job that's pretty much full-time, but I do have a lot of time to still focus on the other things I'm doing. So I love it. And yeah. I would love to unpack your journey <laughs> sure. or uh, and we'll, we'll start first with your background like sure. all of my guests i mean you're the second guest yeah, all of my two <laughs> hey i'm just you know i'm not first but i'm two it's pretty yeah, close exactly. so i'll take good. it runner up i'll take it your background i mean i know your family is jamaican part of it my mom's side yeah, yeah. so she mom. was born in jamaica uh -huh. she's got like 13 brothers and sisters she comes from a very large family and those are just full, you know Crazy. full brothers and sisters there's half brothers and sisters yeah, too yeah, yeah. it's a large family but oh it is so warm and loving and everything and actually funny story because you know we're going to talk about music later but there's some weird potential story that i have uh connections to bob marley like family connections what? actually and really? i yeah so I, I don't there's been no I, when you try to find family it. history I mean, of jamaican like heritage and stuff good luck like those documents <laughs> may have never it. existed or they got <laughs> yeah. rolled into a joint somewhere so. yeah, it, it makes sense. <laughs> no i don't know but it, it's been um it's been interesting that I, you know my aunt found this out which is even funnier because she 
got chased after in a love relationship by Bob Marley. Like she, Bob Marley apparently was hey. trying to yes, get my aunt. And um, later we find out that there's some potential that I think it's like my mom, no, my, yeah, my mom's dad's aunt was like Bob Marley's mother or something Crazy. potentially yeah, yeah 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 can't confirm would love to believe it and i'm gonna go with it yeah i think, I think i'm just <laughs> I gonna like go with it you know <laughs> it's where it came from you know yeah, it's what yeah, i'd yeah. say there's a little bit of bubbling That's down there that so reggae cool. vibe you know i'm just i love Irie it. baby you know <laughs> so jamaican in one side jamaican in one side and then my dad is um uh, kind of a, a, a mutt of sorts but from what my brother and i have determined with uh you know, the, the ancestry.com yeah, stuff yeah, is yeah. it's a lot of like UK and, cool. and that's also my mom's dad as well. He's nice. like Scottish, Irish. Yeah. And then my, my dad, uh, you know, we ended up being like 40 to 45% UK in some way or another. So not knowing exactly where it was, he would have said like French and German, but we didn't really see too much of that. So <laughs> I'm going to go with mostly UK, that's Jamaican, <laughs> and then a whole like 20% of randomness that I, I can't tell hey, you exactly what it is. <laughs> and you were born in Miami, in Miami, Miami Florida. I may be a little bit. <laughs> I will say my tongue is Cuban and yeah. <laughs> I love the food. Oh my gosh, I could eat oh, all Well, tonight Cuban. you'll eat some of that food. I so cannot wait. I have to go sometime too. I hear it's beautiful <laughs> out there. So, no, I, yeah, born in Miami, but only lived there for about three years before Hurricane Andrew came and wrecked everything down there. That was in 92. So yeah, I was, I was there for a little bit, but then one of my first vivid memories as a child is seeing all those like orange Spanish shingles, like yeah, from the yeah, houses yeah. down in Miami, just instead of on the houses, just all over the floor, right? <laughs> like everywhere in the, in the city. It's like one of my first vivid memories as a child. So I loved, uh, <laughs> I loved it, but I also was like freaked out of my mind. I didn't know what wow. was going on. <laughs> and from there you came to... Yeah. So I moved around a little bit. I uh, moved to South Carolina for one quick year and then to like Atlanta for another year before finally settling in Orlando, Florida, specifically Winter Springs, Florida. Nice. So I went to element, most of elementary school, uh -huh. all of middle, all of high school in Winter Springs, Florida. And that was where I first started learning to play the bass guitar. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you started by then. What drove that interest? You know, I was just, you know, it was one of those, like you see bands playing, yeah. you know, and at that point I was into a lot of like alternative rock, but also punk, uh -huh. like emo punk yeah. stuff, you know, like let's call it rancid AFI, <laughs> like all these older bands that I was really, really getting into. And the bass lines were just powerful and funky and like ska music and stuff. And that was my whole crew. We were skater kids and like listening to grungy, like ska, emo, punk stuff. And I was like, bass guitar, I can't wait to play it. And like two of my other good friends played and I just like admired them for playing it too. So I got one one day and just started playing. And then around the same time, I started getting into classic rock a lot and like Led Zeppelin specifically uh -huh, and Jimi yeah. Hendrix and all these other bands. And like, that was maybe more cutting into high school, but I got really heavy into it and like just started learning all wow. those songs as much as possible. Crazy. So since a child, you had that passion or that yeah. interest in music. Music was always there. You know, my mom and my dad, they weren't musicians by any uh -huh. means, but they definitely impacted me on the music like my dad was the classic rock guy and the yeah. alternative rock guy big nirvana red hot chili peppers yeah. uh, metallica but he also loved zeppelin who you know jimmy hendrix 
all those, all that group. And, uh, but my mom was more the ballad side. She was uh -huh. like, she was the one putting on like the Disney ballads, like, you know, like, oh, yeah. you know, and I'm like singing along with her. She put on Elton John and like Barry Manilow and Neil Diamond and all these other, you know, ballad style type of band, yeah, artists and, uh, no reggae though, you know, not her, not her. It was more my, her family though. Yeah, like my yeah. cousins super big into, into Bob Marley and other reggae artists and stuff. I, because I didn't uh -huh. listen to it as much either. I honestly didn't get super heavy into it except for like the off brand ska side of things with the rock That's reggae sort of vibe. Yeah, um, yeah. but then yeah, I just kind of took that, uh, as well as, you know, as a kid, you grow up and you listen to all sorts yeah. of new age. You're the, you're the one supposed to bring in the new music. So right. who do we have? Eminem, we had, <laughs> you know, we had Bone Thugs and Harmony. We yeah. had yeah. all these rappers and hip hop and RB. Yeah. Blink. And then the rock side, Blink-182, Stained, uh, Incubus, yeah, you know, yeah. all these bands that were just like continuing to push new edges and stuff yeah. like that. And you know, you grow up on it and because it's new and everybody mm -hmm. in your school and stuff is listening to it, you're catching, yeah, yeah. catching some of that. So it's, it's really cool to say like, how much random influence I've had in music. Like, Everywhere. and it's cool. Cause I think now, you know, reflecting on it, I can say all the music we're making has these very unique vibes to it sometimes. And mm -hmm. it's probably this overall, as a lot of people would say, blend of things you've learned about growing up and things you've I listened to. Cool. I can point to any specific song we've made and be like, this has a little bit of like this vibe to me or like this vocal or this piece of instrument, you know? And I like being able to kind of name off random like artists. And they're like, I should have yeah. known. Yeah. Must, yeah. I must try now with you. Yeah. I must test you. Exactly. So you started since a child, you know, just Playing. interested in music. Yep. What did you study? I mean, what was your background? Yeah. In so I was always good at uh, math and science growing up. So I naturally became an engineer <laughs> as we know, as, as we found out together. Right. But it was, you know, it was one of those decisions that was made out of just pure, I'm good at these things. Yeah. Or like, yeah. I've been told I'm good at these things, or I've been showing that I'm good at them. And since I'm getting into college at 17, not knowing what I want to do in the first place, like That's I didn't right. have necessarily the dream of being yeah. a musician at that point or being in music at all, except just like casually and on the side. So it was one of those, okay, I'm just going to take what I'm good at. I hear there's good paying jobs coming out of it. Uh -huh. I'm sure I'll pass these classes. I passed them in high school. I'm sure I'll pass them here. And so I went to the university of Florida in 2007 and, um, looked to start my engineering life there. And, and right around that time, I kind of didn't get into music as much, at least like right off the bat, as far as making it. When you live in a dorm, you don't really have too much option in that. And you don't have time in engineering. <laughs> and you don't have time in engineering. Yeah, yeah. But what what I did was get into new music a lot. So I lived with a few. Well, I didn't live with them, but they were some of my friends from high school who I'd known. But I finally got to become better friends with them, and they turned me on to a bunch of like indie rock music, like. I mean, My Morning Jacket, there's this one of my favorite bands, Arx Bandits, Tokyo Police Club, Tame Impala, like all this stuff that I had like never heard before. And they just turned me on to all this new music. So I was being blown away in, in college about new music that was heading my way, but uh, not getting too heavy into playing it, unfortunately, until like sophomore and junior year. So I did the engineering thing. I decided to just keep going with the engineering 
I didn't have any reason to switch out of it quite yet, yeah. you know, and, and, and check out anything else. I, I remember taking like a music class, like a world music class and uh, like rock and roll history or something. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted to take like music theory. And, and for some reason, I remember getting like denied. I don't know why. Like they said, I didn't have a prerequisite, which was weird because it was like an, yeah, well, an well, intro well, music theory yeah. class or like music theory, like 101, you know, something basic. But they were like, oh, well, you're not, you never like signed up to be a musician or you didn't do music in high school. And so we can't let you in into these classes. So I kind of gave up on it, to be honest. Uh -huh. Like I was doing it on the side with my friends and learning some stuff, but I wasn't, I wasn't learning the way I wanted to, you know, yeah, and, I, right. and I, I kind of regretted that I maybe gave up on it early then. Not regret. I shouldn't say regret. I don't regret anything, but <laughs> I try not to regret <laughs> no, anything. you're making it happen. Yeah, right. I got I to gotta make a habit of not looking back at me like, ah, oh, I should have. But it would have been nice to, to learn a little more music theory like early on. That way it like could have developed the way yeah. I play music now a little differently. But I'm not going to be upset about it because okay, it's, it's cool. been okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to be upset about it because we've clearly been able to do things without it. So. Awesome. So you yeah. graduated from engineering, started your career in oil and gas. Yep. When was the time where you started to think of music as a potential career yeah so i'll say you know right at the end of college and graduating and then getting into exxon mobile it was not in my mind at all to even think about a career in music like or or anything like even making money off of it any way at all i was in a you know a committed relationship at the time and like we both started working at ExxonMobil. So it was one of those, okay, like we're both on this trajectory together. Let's figure this thing out. And we're going to keep going down this path because it just seems like the normal thing to do. You know, yeah. there's nothing really like to question about it. It's secure. It's stable. It's, it's our friends are around too. You know, it, it seems like a cushy, cushy lifestyle. You know, I'm not going to complain about it. I, I mean, to people who, to people who do it, it's, it's totally fine. And, and I commend them for knowing what they want, you know, but at the same time, uh, it took a big change up in life to, to realize like, Oh, wow, I'm leave. I'm, not really loving this. I'm not feeling driven every day. I'm not feeling like something is pushing me to, yeah, do like wake up excited or, or be yeah. like excited about what I'm doing. And, and I think that just like was ringing true to me for a very, very long time. And it took, you know, a little bit later before it finally like manifested itself in a decision of like, what would I do instead of since this is all I've known, you know, technically as far as like making a job and making a living, I've only known to do engineering and, and known to be working a full-time job. Like, are there other possibilities at this, you know, five years down the road after working with ExxonMobil, you're kind of like, this is a career long lifetime thing yeah. that I would never give up. And I didn't immediately leave it even when I started thinking about this, but it was one of those, how would you ever leave something like this? You know, it's so, so st stable and comfortable. And stable. Yeah. Right. So I think we get very like, yeah, complacent in those types of situations because it's just all we've ever thought about. And when you're with someone who else is just kind of going down that path, you're kind of like, well, okay, it's comfy. It's relaxing. Like maybe it's not that exciting. Maybe it's not that like pursuing and like a entrepreneurial spirit, but you don't know any better because you've never really seen the other side, you know, you yeah, don't have anything yeah. to compare it to. Do you think like the main driver of, of staying in a place where you may not be passionate or fulfilled, do you think it's financial a lot of times? Yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it was financial for a while. Financial, financial for sure. There, there's definitely no doubt about it. Financial I mean, and financial. Yeah, they, well, yeah, again, like, I talked about the security. One of them is financial. Yeah. One of them is benefits of, of yeah. health insurance and all those other things. You, you get really locked down in this whole idea of, okay, well, 
I'm not going to find this if I start pursuing my own job right away or pursuing my own things. Like you might have a little bit of money saved up to kind of make it for a little bit, yeah, but then yeah. you're going to start going, Oh shoot, what am I doing? You know, and if, if things don't take off, what's, what's going to happen? So the next part of that is the fear of losing the stability. I think it's not necessarily like yeah. financial directly. Sometimes it's like the fear of losing it versus anything else. So yeah. you never know what's going to happen if you just stop working altogether and what you're going to do. Um, it's very scary. <laughs> yeah, it is. So what triggered that decision to start working on music as a part time? Yeah. So like I said, let's say maybe 2016 is when that relationship that I was with that got out of college ended. And like when that door closed and the other ones were starting to open up, it started making me realize how much I was just in work for the stability of not only financial and all that other things, but it was a, it was a staying in there for stability of the relationship yeah. because I don't know. There was, there was pressure to maybe to perform in a way that was like equal footing with your yeah. partner in this, in this side of things at work, could try to make it as far as they're making it. And, and there was this, why would I do something different? Like we both go to the same place and it makes a lot of sense. And when, as soon as it like separated and, and there was no expectation of going back to it, it was those like triggering moments, not only from the, well, that was just a thing, keeping the relationship stable. And then it was like, well, what's keeping me stable or what's keeping mm -hmm. me happy with what I'm doing. Yeah. So I started asking myself, like realizing one, I didn't like <laughs> what I was doing that much. You know, I just was doing it and then comfy stability life. But I started asking myself, like, what would I do if I wasn't doing this? It was a simple question. It, I remember literally sitting like in a car with some friends of mine from work and like going through this thought process of like, well, what would I do like if I wasn't doing this? And I literally had a very like systematic way of thinking yeah. about it. I was like, okay, well, I have three things that I like doing. Like, you know, like I have three things that I think I'm like decent at that I could like maybe pursue. Like the first one was running. I used to run a lot in, in high school and yeah. I did track and cross country yeah. and, and, and love running the 800 in the mile and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I like running. But I wasn't like great at it. I just liked doing it and I still like I doing it. it. But I was like, I'm not going to coach or like, I'm not interested in creating shoes or like yeah, some yeah. sort of apparel. Like that wasn't necessarily what I was thinking. So it kind of like quickly fell off. The next thing I was super passionate about is rock climbing. So I do a lot of rock climbing. I go out <laughs> to, to mountains all over the world and I'm hanging off the side of cliffs and you know, people question my thoughts on why I'm doing that. But very it's a lot of fun. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's the risk. It's the, it's the risk it that's for the biscuit mentality. I mean, that's the view at the top. It's the view at the top. You get to the top. Living in the now. You feel accomplished. You get the best visuals in the world. It, it's a great reason to travel to, you know, yeah. people travel for like diving and stuff. Like I can travel for to these amazing places and climb at those locations and see it all. So I love climbing. I do it very often I go out of my way to do it. It's definitely like my main sport, my main like workout, everything, you know, I see it and all the time. It yeah, so I definitely post. it's like, Oh, there's some music stuff. And then there's a lot of climbing stuff. Yeah, I yeah. just like, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm going to always, I just, I can't stop now. <laughs> and I only want to do more and more and see new places. So, but that's part of the thing is like, it's such an enjoyable, like, like separating mindset, like in, in climbing, the best part about it is you are so hyper-focused on like what's going on, especially when you're climbing up thousand to 2000 foot mountains and you got to make sure you're staying alive <laughs> and, and generally like hard challenges. It's like a problem you have to figure out, you know, physically and mentally. And 
I love being in the moment so much with it that I wasn't thinking that I wanted to change it into some sort of, yeah, yeah financial like monetizing. monetizing. Yeah. Like now I've got to teach people. I love helping people in climbing. Actually, one of my favorite things to do is coach people in climbing. I'll take new people climbing all the time really? and help them get better. I used to coach kids at one of the rock gyms <laughs> around here. Because I don't think I can climb it. Whenever you want to go, <laughs> we will go. No, it's going to take more than one time going. Oh and that's all I'll say. But yeah, I, I, been doing it since 2007 so it's been wow. like 14 years almost you know actually coming right around 14 years and so I've learned a lot you know like maybe my skill cap isn't you know like super high as it should be after uh -huh. 14 years injuries have unfortunately plagued that but um I can say that I've learned a lot in terms of like technique and like yeah. how to climb and like what to do and and so I love helping people in that realm too but I don't like doing it from a like I want to get paid for yeah, it. It's just yeah, like yeah. A, it's, it's a hobby. You want yeah, fun. it's a hobby. I it. like keeping it the hobby. The, and again, like I said, when your when your mind is in climbing, I don't have time to think about anything else. Like I should not be thinking about anything else because <laughs> either I'm not going to climb as hard as I want or I'm not going to be safe. So I love that about it. It just like is a great separation. And so the last thing that I finally came to was music, and I was like, you know what? I, I thought about it like very again like thoughtfully. Like not only do I love making music at this point. But I love, I love the idea of getting more into the industry. And like, for me, the industry seemed a little mysterious that this was like 2017. Uh -huh. I was, you know, again, just, just getting fresh out of a relationship and figuring things out on my life, like how this goes afterwards. And, and it was really interesting to start kind of peering into the music industry and saying, okay, not only is making music an option, but like making it from a production standpoint, like a studio standpoint, producing music, then there's, you know, maybe scouting, looking for new, uh, new talent that can, you know, maybe go on a label or something. And then there's also live mixing, you know, people, Millennial. people who do like the, you know, they'll be sitting in the back of the house, like the band's up on stage, but there's somebody making sure that it doesn't sound like crap for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that was all, I, I go to concerts all the time where I'm like, is anybody listening to this? They could really fix some of this music <laughs> up. And Unfortunately, I'm not the one behind the wheel, so I can't change anything, but you know, I've learned how to do a little bit of that now too. So it's, it's one of those, I saw it as like a nice spread of things that I could get into as well as I love making music. I love music in general. It makes me feel a certain way. I want to make people feel that way. I want to feel that way. And just getting into it makes the most sense because there's, I've seen success personally too, my brother. So I don't know. Did you, did you I know my brother think, is a, no, no, I don't think, <laughs> I mean, but I know it's possible. I think everything is possible that you put your mind into. Fair. So. Absolutely. I've seen it firsthand. I think one of the biggest inspirations helps. for me, which maybe is a question later for you is, is what are some of my inspirations? Yeah. This? But, role models. Right. Yeah. Role models. So my brother is a, uh, is a DJ, an EDM DJ. His name is DJ. <laughs> gorgeous. B-O-R-G-E-O-U-S. Like gorgeous with the be he made a song tsunami back in 2011 2012 that got pretty big and has since just continued to play a lot of shows and been very very popular around the world playing around the world playing around the u.s a lot he's definitely made it he's super successful and i think one of the best things about him is that he did it out of really nothing you know if he didn't have the good high school career that got him a good spot in a college and like yeah. sent him off to be some sort of engineer or some sort of successful businessman of sorts in, in, in the traditional mindset, right? He barely passed college or barely passed high school, went to a community college for three months maybe, and was like, mm -hmm. not for me. I don't want to do this. Like living in Orlando, I think working at a car wash at the time and was just Crazy. like, I want to, I think his first idea was that he'd go to California and be an actor or something like that. 
And so he just got up, not a lot of money to his name and went out to LA and was like, I'm just going to figure things out. And for about four years while he was there, five years or so, he was figuring it out, you know, and slowly just started meeting the right people and getting him, getting his name around. He started doing club promotion for some big places in LA and eventually found the right people who got in, who were into music. He's always been a big musician too, or like a music inclined person, not a musician per se, but he liked mixing around on, on some of like old, old programming, like fruity loops and things like that. But he also loved dancing and like modeling and all this other stuff. So I think like in general, it was just like, the right space for him yeah. to be in for that sort of stuff. And he made it out of nothing. And, and now I see him now. And every time I see him on stage and seeing people like look at him the way That's that amazing. he's made it, I, I, it's just like really inspiring. Like I've definitely been uh, all inspired. I, by I mean, one of the things that I'm obsessed about is gaining clarity because I mentioned so many people, they have a drive to do something else, but yeah. they don't know how to gain clarity of mm -hmm. the, or if they see a glimpse of clarity, they're afraid to take action and move forward. Right. And I love that you touch on yourself and your brother that mm -hmm. you both experimented, right? I yeah. think part of gaining clarity is experimenting. Yeah, right? definitely. It's actor, it's music, it's rock climbing, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, you gotta yeah. go out there and take action and experiment. So tell me more about that journey for you on experimenting from the idea of music might be to, <laughs> to literally starting a business and yeah. doing all that you're doing right now. Yeah. Um, and what have you learned? Yeah. Oh <laughs> Those God. Are two questions. What have I learned? Oh man. I don't think I'm, I'm not done learning clearly. There's a lot more to learn, but yeah. So the clarity, it's funny because I'm not even sure if it's fully clear yet, except that yeah, I, yeah. I do have, I do have a thing I, I'm striving for overall. And, and so what is I, that, thing? Uh, that thing is, is eventually owning just a standalone music studio, I you know, it. and you again, I have my own home studio that I work and produce and mix out of and, and really like doing that. And I do some live venue mixing for some bands around and help. Uh, I'll even edit podcasts and things like that. I you know. know. I and so, like, you, I'm like, I'll start now. You're like, hey, do we need to work on this? Yeah. I know. Believe me. We can talk about that. Yeah. Yes. Heck yes. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I love making music too. If that were to take off as far as like our band would take off, great. But I think I actually really enjoy being like in the studio, working in Pro Tools, working on editing, mixing, engineering, producing, things like that, and working at live venues and stuff. I think that's like where I find the most enjoyment. And I kind of love that like immediate, immediate satisfaction of being able to manipulate things in a way that I like to manipulate them. Right. Yeah, it's like yeah. being the artist and being able to, you know, you're the paint, you're the one with the paintbrush sort of, you know, as, as much as you are, like when you're making music, there's something even with engineering in like in a technical format that feels even more controlling, like dialed in is the word we, I like to use a lot. And, and, you know, I think my mentor would have told me that as well. Like he used to use dialed in all the time. I think I, I picked that up like, Oh, we're going to dial that in a little bit. And it's like, yeah, like I like that idea of just like getting things like nicely tuned and, and making it sound just the way you want. And, and it's pretty cool to, to be able to figure out how to do that and take something that you, didn't think would sound that way and make it the way you want. That's to, so. so cool. I mean, I love that you mentioned, Hey, I've gained clarity. I'm clear about one thing. And mm -hmm. there are so many other things that I'm gaining clarity about. Right. Right. I one think thing. sometimes that people expect that clarity is this thing that it will come up to you and you know, your whole life moving <laughs> forward. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not a steady state. No. It's like a state that evolves every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, even this idea of recording this in, 
interviews. Yeah. I just got this idea. I don't know where it's going to go, but right. I decided to take action. Right. And I feel that's part of a lot of entrepreneurship and owning your business. Yeah. Have you experienced the same? Like, yeah. You know, as soon as you said that, it reminded me of, of again, just how like spreading this has been, you know, as far as like, Oh, I'm going to learn this, like how to work, you know, make some recordings and stuff. It's like, Oh, but you know, I, I, I was going to do it alone. Like, okay, now there's like two other people that got involved and I made a band out of it. <laughs> Crazy. And it's not just me anymore. There's a lot more variety in, in new sounds that are coming my way and new people to work with in, in general. So that, that automatically opens up your horizons a little bit and you hear their stories and what they're doing or what they've heard from people. And, and you kind of just keep branching out into new things. And first it's just making one song and it's making a bunch of songs and it's collaborating with people. And then, Oh, we really have these cool songs. And like, for me, I, I also did, um, in high school, I did TV productions for four years. So I, I learned how that. to do like, you know, make music videos, record, make movies, like, news telecasting, you know, things like that. I, I, I mean, I was in it for four years. So I did like every aspect of it, at least in high school. I didn't take it on as much going forward after that, but I think there's always been this like cinema cinematography type of side of things <laughs> that I really like. So the natural next development was like, Oh, I really like this song. And because it has this meaning to me, I have a vision for like what it could be to make a music video. And so, you know, the first one was a nice experiment, but like I put a lot of thought and effort into it. I, I filmed it out in Las Vegas, out in the boonies and in, in Vegas, yeah, know. you know, and, and made this whole thing happen. And that's the one with Suzanne, who, you know, yeah. Which, you know, and like orchestrating it and coordinating it and getting the right people involved. It is, you know, not only monetarily involved, but like stressfully, like, okay, how do I make this all work? And then, you know, continue flash forward to our most recent one back in February with Meticulous with the, with the ballerina or the uh, ballet dancer from the Houston Ballet, a soloist, Mackenzie Richter, amazing soloist and, and beautiful dancer. And you should definitely check her out if you ever get a chance to go out there to, you know, go see the Houston Ballet in any form or look for her specifically. Cause she's, she's fantastic. But it, again, a random spark of man, this song has a lot of this like passion of, yeah, or this very like intense, you know, chord of being OCD and a perfectionist and especially an artist, how that can like manifest itself in a lot of ways. And so I had this vision of like, this is how I want to represent it. And called her and she was totally down to, you know, be a part of it. So all that to say is you take one thing and you keep going down the road and then you realize, Oh, there's actually a couple other things that kind of come from doing this thing. And the branching out of what you get into, you know, making merchandise, doing music videos, doing interviews, being on an entrepreneurial (laughs) podcast or, or your video, you know, it's like, these things you never thought you would ever get into kind of sprout up as you don't stop. And yeah, I think that's exactly. the coolest part is like, if you don't stop, you'll actually see that even as much as you might think you're not like making any progress, which is something I battle with all the time. I always think I'm like not really doing anything. <laughs> yeah, and it's the craziest thing. Cause somebody will be like, are you kidding me? Like, it's like, things. yeah, objectively, I know I released some music. I know I've been doing this stuff. Like, but you can look at yourself all day and just be like, I don't know if I did anything or like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything right now either. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. like, I don't know how much progress I've really made or how much it matters maybe is another thing too. But people continue to assure me that I've done a lot. 
they reassure me that I'm doing something pretty cool. So I, I really you are, I love it. The videos you must watch the the music videos are yeah. so beautiful. And yeah. when you describe the process, I can just imagine you know, the yeah. thought process and the art and the yeah. final outcome. I mean that that must be so fulfilling. It's like it's I, really cool to see it come together. Like when you see when you're in the middle of like especially the filming aspect and you see yeah. like it on the little camera, you're like, Oh, that looks so cool. Like I can't <laughs> wait. And you're like hoping the editing bridge just like brings it together and it yeah. and it really did. And I was like, Oh man, this this turned out so much cooler than I would have thought. I love so. that. And I, I think an important element that you touch in this journey of entrepreneurship and of life is faith. You know, mm -hmm. not faith on the religious sense, but faith that whatever work you're putting into, it will result at the end of the day. Yeah. On, on your desired outcome or something similar, right? Yeah. It's just knowing that things will work out. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think what I said was that you perked up to was like, don't stop. If don't you don't stop, stop yeah, then you'll keep going. realizing that there's new doors and new paths and new branches, and I you can that. get you can get hung up for sure. I've been hung up. I'm still hung up on certain I things. Mean, you know, I'm done. <laughs> we are not enlightened yet. No. We're not quite there yet. Where it's just like everything we think of, it's like do, and I've got it, and it's gonna get done. It's like no, I'll think about it. Unfortunately, to uh, in like <laughs> to not doing it at all. I'll, I'll think yeah. about it so much that I will prohibit myself from doing it. Sometimes, you know, uh, that's probably one of the biggest challenges is is overanalyzing and overthinking. Like, yeah, what yeah. is this? What are the steps or just yeah, overanalyzing what you yeah, want to do. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. So I mean, I, I love how you gain clarity, right? Because music is something that you have always loved since yeah. a kid. You analyze your interests and you said, hey, this is a thing that I would love to monetize. And you had faith, you took action, you're not stopping, you're going, going, going. Yeah. And one of the elements that I think is so important that you mentioned is having someone that you know that you have done this so you know that it's possible right yeah so role models and mentors right you. tell me about that part. yeah so <laughs> i mentioned my brother yes, obviously hands-on first person connection success that clearly that is, that is shows important. oh yeah yeah i mean he made it and it, yeah you know as much as when i was in my uh, engineering job he was like you've got a stable thing like why don't you just like keep working on that <laughs> you know it, it comes from a good place in his heart he's yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know I, I see you in a stable thing like don't you know don't ruin that he didn't have stability it was scary for him i'm sure he's like don't jump yeah, into instability scary. yeah you know don't quit your job and go try to figure it out and you know, he's definitely just one who, you know, when his back is, was up against the wall and he didn't have anything else to shoot for, it just made sense for him to move into that. So that's always like an inspiring thing, but it's also the biggest difference between like us, you know, and him, yeah. he didn't, he didn't have the, the this is the thing. Yeah, yeah. He, he had the, well, I don't have any other option type of mentality. And that's always been something I, I, I think about a lot, like, I wonder if I had just like not had the same type of opportunity to feel stable that it would make me think like I should have done this earlier or I should even right now should be in it more than like trying to balance it with like still working a little bit and like trying to stabilize myself versus putting all of my time into it. Right. I think there's some interesting balance that comes with that, that we can get into later, but back to your question on, on influences and yeah, things like yeah. that. Um, yeah, he's, he's definitely one of the biggest hands-on first person experiences that I can, that I can relate to and that I love to, you know, to use as inspiration of, of oh. where I can go. And you have a mentor to you. And I have a mentor. Yeah. Still the mentor. Yeah. So, uh, he, you know, he's not so formalized as a mentor anymore, but I think, uh, right around, yeah, let's call it t late 2017 or something. I was 
doing this on my own, trying to figure it out on my own. I, I think one thing I know about me from college and everywhere else is that I learned better when I went to class. <laughs> and the problem was I didn't always go to class. <laughs> You're like, no idea what and even sometimes when I went to class, I might have fallen asleep, who knows, but like, or I'm talking to friends or something. But if I paid attention in class and got to like write down the notes and ask the questions as I wanted to, I always retained that information better. So I knew, I know this about myself. Like if I get hands-on, one-on-one, especially experience with someone telling me how to do something and get, let me ask the questions of what does this do? Oh, why are you doing that? You know, like, well, what if we did this instead? And I get to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I will retain so much more of that information. So right around the time I realized I was hitting a roadblock on my own, I was like, okay, I need to figure out something here. Cause I don't, guidance. yeah, I need guidance. guidance. Yeah. I need yeah. guidance. And I, at first I looked at just schooling, you know, there were these like six month programs that I was looking into, but they were like $1,300 or, or sorry, $13,000 yeah. for like six months. And I was just like, gosh, that is so pricey. Like, let me talk to somebody around here. Who's got like some good reputation around Houston. And I met up with, um, one of, one of the people who's very reputable in Houston and one of, you know, a person I admire and, and really look up to in terms of what you can do just in a city and through your own means and everything. His name's John Allen Stevens, and he's a great artist and producer produced for, you know, great names like the suffers nice. and a lot of people around Houston, you know, some good, some fantastic local artists and people who are making their names big today. And, uh, he was willing to take me on in a one-on-one situation. I mean, like how, how did that happen? Yeah. So I, <laughs> I actually met him through, uh, uh, you know, I went to a studio to meet up with, uh, yeah, some producers and stuff to figure things out. And, and, and we started talking and, you know, at the end of it, he was like, well, if you're interested, let me know like what the, what the situation is. And, uh, you know, we can talk about a price that makes sense. It sounds like you were going to spend a lot of money. I don't think you'll have to spend as much if we did it one-on-one and he had his own home studio, which is something that I was trying to do in the first place anyway, just build it in my home. And so he was like the perfect role model, you know, the perfect person to help me get off the ground and running. And so I called him pretty shortly after that and was like, let's do this. And I think like late 2017, we, I started going over to his home studio in Kingwood and uh, where he was living at the time. And he just, you know, started from the basics, you know, like he, he also referenced textbooks and stuff, but again, being able to sit in the studio and learn how mostly, you know, pro tools is one of the softwares that I use, but, and that's the one he was using primarily just getting the hands on experience of touching it and seeing it and then setting it up and him letting me set it up and do it and showing him my work and saying like, Oh, well, let's try these things and working all the plugins and the software and everything. It just, I couldn't have asked for a more rapid way of learning it as yeah. well as a more way that I would retain it because I could take it home immediately and use it right away. Cause I was trying to make music already. I wanted to use that's everything I learned the day that I learned it. I was, I was, I think that that's another thing is because I was passionate about music, not only learning how to do it in the production standpoint and recording standpoint and everything, but I wanted to make sure my stuff was sounding good. So I would go and take what he told me and immediately apply it. Like I'm taking a lot of notes and being like, I want to, okay, now I know where the microphone should go. Oh, okay. I'm going to use this plugin this way. I know what it's doing now so I can actually manipulate it the way I want to. And it just encourages you to go look for new things because the best thing about music production is that it's constantly evolving. There's new software, there's new opportunities and stuff like that. So 
you go on YouTube and type yeah, in, I want to, yeah. how you you're processing vocals, anything. you'll find 18,000 different videos <laughs> of artists or of producers. This is how I do it. And each one of them is probably a little bit different. They might have some overarching similarities, but the from the plugin they use, the type of thing they're doing, yeah. they'll just do it a little bit differently. And I love that you mentioned that after you got the knowledge, you immediately applied it. Yeah. Because, I mean, that reminded me of this quote of knowledge is potential power, but action is real power. Mm. Is really that's a great one yeah coordinating to action right yeah yeah right. um so richard you mentioned that you have a full-time job and this yeah. like side hustle that hopefully in the future your aspiration is that you own this studio yes that's the goal what keeps you going i mean what keeps you going having this full-time and this part-time and how do you manage that yeah. <laughs> doing those both things at the same time right yeah i'll say from the moment i started at managing it has been the fun part or the, the interesting part sleep gets thrown to the side sometimes uh, yeah yeah <laughs> reprioritized right i mean i can't tell you how many countless like you know 1 a.m to 3 a.m nights i've had yeah. just you know and it, when i'm caught up in it because i love it so much especially working on my own music and stuff like that i can stay up till 3 a.m just creating and mixing and that and like working on my own stuff as better working on our own music but at the same time like in general i, I made time always for my friends who were coming to record or people working on prod podcasts or whatever it was going to do these live venue mixes on a Saturday night or something, you know, but working it, you know, at this, at whatever the venue was and things like that. What kept me going? It, it was that idea that I actually figured out something that I cared a lot about, you know, like that. I thought this was something that meant more to me than or I knew it. I knew it meant more to me because of my investment in time. It was one of those like, what is the chicken egg? You know, what, what yeah, was yeah, it? The I chicken or the egg? It's like, well, I was interested in music, so I put time into it. And then I realized because I was putting so much time into it that I knew this was like my passion and my interest. Otherwise, I would have grown so tired of it a long time ago. So it's weird, you know, like, yeah, definitely one started the other, but the other one keeps reinforcing the other. And I kind of like oh, that boy. cycle that keeps me like motivated in a way to at least continue down some path of it, you know, whether it's the right one, I don't know, we'll, we'll find out, but it's, it's something, like I said, things keep branching off, you know, first it was just, let's do this in my home. And now I'm like, Oh, well maybe I want to start an actual standalone studio and I have some money that I can do that with. Maybe you should figure that out. You know, maybe my music needs to be not just played locally or, or like, you know, in like the small facet of my own mind, you know, like let's Why submit not? it out to Apple, or Spotify, let's get it on playlists. Let's get it in front of people. Let's, maybe get it in hopefully soon into some shows and, and stuff yeah, like that. I've got good. some sync licensing <laughs> hopefully on the, on the horizon soon. So, um, that's so cool. Yeah. So it's proud. one of those, like you keep learning again, and it's also part of that learning and branching thing. You keep learning a little more as you keep working with people and understanding, Oh, there's a lot more to this industry than just like I make music and it gets sold. Like one, you have to work a lot. At it. Yeah. Uh, having talent is great, but learning how to have that talent and learning how to, I'll call it expose that talent or, or, yeah. or get it out there is, is even maybe probably the more important part. It's not just being talented, unfortunately, sometimes in music, it's, it's knowing how to get it out there. Yeah. And I think that's the hustle part of it. That's kind of exciting too. So, and you mentioned something 
about not sleeping as much. <laughs> yeah. <And> yeah. <laughs> I do think whenever you we have goals and we have these big aspirations, yeah. it always helps to think upfront of what we are willing to sacrifice in order to get there. Yeah. I mean, I, I did that when I left my corporate job and because mm -hmm. of that, I've had like a smoother transition because I knew that I was willing to sacrifice my Paycheck. It wasn't a surprise. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So what are these things that when you did that, did you like start like slowly weaning yourself off of paying for things? You're like, what if I didn't have this? How much money would I be spending? Yeah, that's an interesting I, I, way to like, I definitely plan yeah, everything. That's a hard thing to start doing. You're like, but uh, I'm still making the, hold on. I don't know. <laughs> it is, it is interesting when you stop that check. Yeah. See, like not seeing it in your yeah, you're like, oh, you're like, okay. okay, so these reels yeah. got it, check. <laughs> So, yeah, I yeah. think that's one of the things and, and knowing what I have to do and, and how much it takes because music, what I, well, one thing I've learned through music production and everything is that things are not cheap. So yeah. like all the equipment and stuff and, and getting it is, is unfortunately pretty pricey, but there are ways to do it methodically. And, and thankfully I did have a nice nine years with Exxon Mobil before leaving where I've yeah, been able helps. to, you know, make some money and save some money and, and be in a position where I'm able to hopefully get things off the ground running oh, yeah. a little bit faster than maybe someone who didn't have that luxury of, of having a well-paying job over, you know, nine I years. Love so it. so I'm grateful for it at the same time that I was ready to leave it about five years ago, four years ago. We know that. <laughs> yeah. Other than sleep and of course money, anything yeah. else that you have sacrificed due to this journey that you're in? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been the times, you know, I, I'm a very social butterfly type of person. So I definitely yeah. like to get out and have my fun with people <laughs> and all that stuff. But I, uh, I've definitely, you know, those times where things would normally be going on either in a weekday or on a, on a weekend. And if I'm really into something or I've got people coming over to work on something or my band wants to get together and do, do some, some jamming or working on the music, then like, I've definitely given up those times where I could have gone out and or gone on a trip or something. And you know, those experiences of, of going out and about, I, I still travel. Traveling is a, another important part of like me living and like getting all the, the most out of life as I can, especially traveling for rock climbing. <laughs> but, uh, I definitely have, uh, you know, learned to kind of be like, you know what, this is something that I got to work on or like, you know, I devoted a whole weekend to certain music videos. Like I, you know, because I'm passionate about it, instead of making that time to do something else, I, or, you know, just chill or relax, yeah. I, I'm making it that time to, um, so it's weird. Cause it's like, you give up, you give up that like lackadaisical mindset, you know, it's, it's something that you don't think you feel bad giving up. If you thought about it, like, Oh, I'd rather be productive. Like most people would probably say like, Oh, I'd rather be productive, but <laughs> you think about giving up that time where you could just be sitting there doing nothing. And like, sometimes that you're like, true. I don't really want to do that. I like being kind of chill in the couch. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to give like that up. I really like hanging out on the couch and watching TV and stuff. And it's like, dang, I got to stop that for a second and, and go and, Make it, happen. make it happen. Yeah. Or do instead of sitting there, like, why don't I just get on the computer, open up this thing and start working on it? Or why don't I research this topic and like get a little better at it, a little bit familiar with it? Or I got to do that budgeting and scoping cost analysis for the studio and which is something I need to do. And I keep telling myself <laughs> I need to do it. That's your homework. And that's my homework. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I know I've done some, but it's like, again, it's one of those, like I keep piecing at it instead of like sitting down and getting into it. And that's the hard thing is getting the focus sometimes. So I love it. 
And I had this question that popped up a long mm-hmm. time ago, and I'm like, I need to ask this question. Okay, for, for me, me specifically? Yes. Oh, interesting. Okay, for cool. you, for you, because you did mention that in music there is a lot of like working with people and organizing and all this stuff. Yeah. Right? And in life, whenever we are, you know, whenever we are like in childhood and babies, we are dependent, and then we mm-hmm. go to being independent, mm-hmm. and then the next evolution is being interdependent, so mm-hmm. knowing how to work with people yeah. and that's something that I feel in my next level of my business that's where I uh, I want to go right okay. being interdependent and relying on people and you know yeah, yeah, yeah. With people what have you learned from it I mean in your business what have you learned from that hmm. just working with people and yeah one is definitely <laughs> that everybody has an opinion, <laughs> uh, which is great because that's how you get new thoughts and new processes. But that's also where a lot of the uh, yeah, the, the budding heads can come. Uh-huh. It's nice when you find the people that you can do that with yeah. in a productive way, and that's I think what our band is, right? Like yeah. they were, we all came together, and while we have our different styles and maybe expectations and and wants. Uh, we've learned to kind of accept majority rules sort of thing. Like if everybody wants this, I'll accept it for the band or like, you know, that sort of mindset of like, I'm going to speak my mind. This is what I think is right. And then if everybody's like, I don't want it, then it's like, okay, I'll say sometimes I'm a little stubborn, but <laughs> I mean, you gotta be. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely maybe the more stubborn one amongst the group. I want to have you in a group or in a team. Who are you? What kind of person? I, if, if it's something I really, really care about, then I'm definitely a little more stubborn. Or if it's something I have like a creative image yeah. for in my head and like, that's what I saw as definitely open to comments definitely open to criticism definitely open to suggestions and then there's like some moments where i'm like that was nice but so sorry you know and and, you know i think maybe that's an artist mindset sometimes too is you have your vision because even for me it's like working with more people and maybe partners in the future you're giving up some autonomy you know what i mean and for me that's the part that i'm like yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I think uh, that's definitely a big part of it is, is learning to trust other people in yeah, terms yeah. of what, they, what they're what they going to do right for you and to find the right people. Yeah. yeah. So I try to do, you know, as much research and as much like, you know, vetting as I so can for certain things, yeah. especially like in the music videos or something like I want to make sure I'm getting someone who can do the job right or, or someone who I respect and seen their work and can be like, yeah, that's what I want. But, you know, I, I think in general, it's you have to kind of let some of your ego go and, yeah, and let yeah. some of the like, <laughs> totally. I know my position, right? Like, yeah. especially when it comes to the making music part of it, I'm not, I'm not Led Zeppelin. I'm not like yeah, some yeah. famous band that, you know, that has the pull to just say like, I need to be on Rolling Stones or something like that. So if I'm getting PR done for myself, I'm not expecting to be on you know, some amazing website right away, as much as I think our music is the best, you know, <laughs> or, you know, as much as you want to believe that you're, you, you've got some quality product. I also know how to like, let go of the fact that, you know, not everybody else thinks that way or not everybody else is going to believe it the way I believe it, yeah. but at least I believe it, or at least That's we believe it, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited about it. At the same time, I balance that with the, I know we can get better and I know we can improve in a lot of areas. So it's this weird, like, yeah, I want to be the best. I want to, you know, I want to have like music that like 
is very impactful and I want to produce for people that are very like high end and like going to like be amazing at the same time. And it's like, but also like, I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm not there yet. I need yeah, to start. Yeah. I need to be humble about like what's going on and start in a position that I makes more that. sense. So, and that's where it's going to just keep building. So it's, it's starting from ground zero and, and working it up from there. So I've never thought there was anybody I shouldn't work with because of anything, or I never thought there was some publication that didn't make sense to let ourselves get put out to, or some playlist or something that didn't make sense for us to get on there. I was like humbled usually when it was allowed or offered to be as part of something, you know, it's always been nice to get any recognition for what we're doing. You know, I think it's like way more, again, it's something I would have never thought I was doing in the first place. So it's cool to see any bit of recognition in some form or another. Yeah. It's really nice. <laughs> so as we conclude, I have like three more questions. I think sure. in mind. Cool. <laughs> I'm so it. happy. This has been so enlightening. I know. <laughs> you know, for me, as I go through this journey and just like sharing experiences, yeah. Yeah. And seeing how you have done it. I'm sure it's been just as challenging for you and then thought provoking. And that's, what's cool about it. Cause you can share You can highlight on your experiences to yeah. connect with anybody else's experiences too, which is Cool, so. so going in that train of thought, yeah. someone that is going through a process of gaining clarity and is interested in this journey of entrepreneurship, which mm -hmm. we are going through, what are the things that you can give us advice to, to this person? Yeah. Maybe top three things. Yeah. Yeah. Top three things. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm thinking, I'm like, man, there's, there's so many like weird little nuanced things sometimes that I think about. I and mean, we probably talked about some of them already, but I think having that full on conversation with yourself from the very beginning of what it is you want to do is super important. It's weird because I, I find so many people that were, that might not be happy with where they are, but they also don't have any idea what they would do yeah. otherwise. And so they get stuck in the like, well, I don't have anything else to do otherwise or anything I want to do otherwise. And, or they just haven't figured it out yet. Right. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I sat down with myself and said, here are three things that I really like doing. Like, are they plausible? Are they feasible? And I think every time I hear somebody kind of start that in their mind, they go, well, I really like this thing. I just like would never see myself like doing it. It's like, don't naysay yourself no. right away. Right. Like don't, yeah, don't yeah. say like oh, that won't work, you know, cause I don't, you know, I don't think as you, you know, like what stops somebody from opening up a rest, there's been restaurants or we didn't, sorry, I was talking with my roommate about this. Like, <laughs> sorry, I'm mixing up my entrepreneurial conversations right now, but we were talking about like, you know, why does anybody open up a restaurant? Like there's rest in Houston, there's a million restaurants, right? Like what makes yours special or like, I'm going to start a podcast or an entrepreneurial, what makes yours more impactful than anybody else? And as soon as you start like thinking that, I mean, it's been a problem for me too. What make, what's going to make my studio amongst Houston studios or what's going to make my offering and music, you know, more impactful than anybody else's or, or, you know, make it worth standing out. And it's a really negative thought to have that you need to kind of squash and just say, it doesn't matter if nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. If they do like it, great. I'll have impacted that's some amount so of people. Important. And that's one of the hardest things to let go of again, too, is like, I don't need to change the world. I don't need to do anything in particular, like to make a statement. But if I do it because I want to, and I'm going to be happy with it regardless, and it's something that I'm at least somewhat interested in, or at least can get behind for 
you know, yeah. some amount of time, then at least you tried. So yeah, giving up that idea that what you're doing is no different than anybody else's yeah. is maybe one of the biggest, biggest things sitting down with yourself and kind of having that conversation of what it is you could do is probably a great thing because yeah, it helped me narrow negate two things really quickly and then get onto the one, at least in some form, yeah, like, okay, I'm going to just jump into it somehow. And, and, and then that's the last thing is once you've attacked at least one thing that you think like just the tiniest way for me, it was, I made that decision. I said, I want to get into music. I spent 150 to $200 on one microphone and a little like two audio interface. And I had a computer thankfully already and bought a free version of Ableton, which is a, a mixing software and just started randomly recording right some there. stuff and then just never stopped like kind of working in it and then get the mentorship. It's just like, again, that evolving process, but taking that first step, it's so cool to look back what after three years or so, four years almost and say, Holy crap. Every, every year, every month, every few months, I was able to look back and say, well, I hadn't done that before. Or that's new. Or like, that's an addition. Or like, now I have two of those. Now I have four of those songs or whatever it was. I've never worked this venue before. Now I'm working this thing. And like, oh, now I have this piece of equipment and it just keeps like steamrolling. So taking that first step and then just kind of not stopping to like learn and figure out what might be a next step in the process is, is huge. I like yeah. that. And I love what you said that whatever business you're in, I mean, let go of the belief that this is for everyone or everyone has to buy into it. Right. Yeah. A restaurant. Because I think with entrepreneurship, something to be comfortable with is, I mean, not necessarily rejection, right? Some people call it rejection or people yeah. not buying your services. Sure. And something that has helped me, I was in network marketing like a few years ago. Yeah. And they would say every 10 people that you present the opportunity, one of them will buy, you know, which is like... Pretty good. I'll take 10%. Yeah. And I'll I'm take like, 10%. Yeah. I know. I'm like... Not my ideal number, but I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> but that brings into mind like sales, like even sales or you presenting the opportunity yeah. I mean, it's not for everyone and it's okay for mm -hmm. that person not to see it first time. Or maybe you need to put yourself several times in front yeah. of that person in order for them to realize the value. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in consulting, I saw it all the time. Yeah. So, so how, how do you work through that? Like this, the sales or maybe people <laughs> not buying into your services. Have you experienced a lot of that or not? Um, you know, I, 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 like I said, I kind of like on the PR side of things of trying to get our yeah. music out there. I have definitely faced much like, yeah, we don't like this or yeah. like, you know, you're not quite hitting the vibe we're hitting or something. And it's like, okay, well, again, at first it might've bugged me. Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you, why are you saying this is the problem? Or, you know, like I, I don't feel that way about it and like kind of taking it to heart. And now it's more like what I was alluding to before is like, maybe it's not for everybody, you know, yeah, and yeah. especially, mu especially music, like of all artistic tastes and things, you know, like people have all this, like, you know, they have their own things that they really like. So I guess it's, it's working through it in that way. Just like realizing that you're not going to be for everybody potentially. And I your thing it. might not be for everybody. And staying true to yourself. But staying true to it regardless, because then when it is right for the right person, it's gonna, it's gonna hit from a producing for production and like, you know, a studio standpoint, I probably run into it a little less because just the, you know, I haven't had as many clients from a studio perspective come through, but 
you know, sometimes they work with you continuously. Sometimes they work with you once and then they don't come back. So you can kind of paint the picture like, okay, maybe things weren't clicking as much, you know? So it's just a matter of, you know, Hey, I have my style of producing. I have my style of making music and, and what goes and what works for me. If it's something that clicks and we can make something productive together, I can help you get what you need done and you like the end product. Awesome. If not, thank you very much. I'm glad you came in. Like, you know, like hopefully I got you something, you know, I hope you didn't waste your time and money. Hopefully there's some sort of positive element that came out of this, but you're not going to be for everybody, I guess is like I one of the greatest it. things yeah. to like, just realize you're not going to be for everybody, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So Richard, if someone wants to find you yes. in social media, tell, I mean, tell us about your services. Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me and the band on Instagram, uh, voice memos. So it's spelled V O Y C E and then underscore memos, M E M O S. That's our Instagram, you know, and I post a lot of things about music there. Also have a website, voicememos.com, where you can contact me via email and it's just voicememos at gmail.com. And, uh, that's where I mostly operate, you know, like anybody who reaches out to me, it's kind of easier through like the band because I'll, I'll do the mixing and yeah, music right. production and stuff kind of through that too. So, but our studio or my studio is actually called Meraki recordings, M E R A K I. Uh, recordings. And, uh, that's kind of what I'm going to continue to advertise it as. I really like the word. So <laughs> I know I like it too. It yeah. sounds very middle Eastern. It's Greek. Yeah. Greek. Yeah. So it's Greek. It means, uh, to do something with passion, oh. do something you really what? love. Like, with passion. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice word. Yeah. No, <laughs> so I, I came across it. I forgot I some random video, and all, but yeah, and there's like really no like equivalent I don't know. They, they say there's no equivalent for in English, but because it, it, it's got a little deeper meaning than just like to do something with passion, but it's, nice. it's pretty much that mindset. Um, so I, I like the word immediately and kind of took on to it to, to, la to label the, uh, the business as that. So and you do podcasts. Yes, I do mixing. I do, you know, editing, recording, mixing, mastering services for music podcasts. If you want to do voiceovers for anything, completely in the realm of things i do live venue mixing as well so if you're having a concert and want it to sound good or something can definitely help in that vein and then yeah we make music so you can listen to it on I spotify and and the uh, videos iTunes. are amazing videos so are on youtube you need to check voice, voice memos and Mar Marocky recording yes perfect thank you so much Thanks, for Yannette. being here this was so exciting yeah it's good I to see you after I learned a long time. so much too it's like good. selfishly i was absorbing all the information <laughs> it's good to get it out it kind of realigns me too back into what i i need to focus on and keep in my the front of my mind so it's good to do these good to have these conversations and talk with inspirational people. So I you've always that. been a good inspiration to me too. <laughs> so as soon as I saw you leave, I was like, she's doing it. <laughs> she's <laughs> doing it. And like, there were a few other people you mentioned. Uh, I, I don't think Alex has left, but she's always been a very uh, inspirational person to me. Yeah, and yeah. Um, there's been a few other people that, that were working in Exxon specifically that have always <laughs> yeah. turned my like mind into a new way of thinking. And, and you were one of them always. So You're I appreciate so it. Yeah. What's <laughs> always in my mind. I think since my first year, I just knew yeah. I was I mean, <laughs> I literally, but I, I didn't know it. how. Right, right. I like, just have to, I had to figure out. With that the person's years. gonna be. We're gonna, we're gonna have a connection somewhere <laughs> later on. And here exactly. it is. Cool. We I didn't know it. how, but it happened. Yeah. Yay! Okay, we awesome. did Thank you so much for listening at With Clarity and Purpose. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. 
Sharing is caring. Please share with your friends and family so we can continue building an empowered community together. I'll see you next week.